Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Monica and our team, for the reminder of who he is. Who he is, not who he was, but who he is and who he will forever be. I want to ask you to join me in prayer as we begin our time together this morning and pray together for what's going on in Afghanistan at this moment. There are many, many brothers and sisters in Jesus in that predominantly Muslim nation. Our military was pulled out and now citizens and others who need the protection of our presence there have been completely orphaned. The Lord is not short concerning his ability to extend his hand and protect and heal. But I want us to pray that the Lord will intervene, that the Lord will do what only he can do to rescue and protect and continue to further. There was a, there has been a growing church in the nation of Afghanistan against all odds. And they've faced tremendous opposition. And I just don't believe that we in the comfortable, protected United States as Christians can ignore this opportunity to pray. So I want to ask you to, if you want to get on your knees, put your head on the pew in front of you, if you want to stand and pray, however the posture would fit where you are. But imagine if you had loved ones there or if we ourselves were positioned in a nation where there was, there's no support politically, no protection or encouragement from a religious system. And as we'll come back to spend some time on this morning, how would you pray if all you had was Jesus? How would we pray if all we had was Jesus? Would you bow with me and join with us, those of you who are part of our streaming family? We, we, we cherish the relationship with you. We, we count on your participation and involvement and encouragement. So let's, as one large family, just kneel or, or stand or lift your hands, however the posture fits where your heart would be this morning. Lord, it's beyond us to be able to understand how you can fix a mess that has been created by recent decisions of our own government in a faraway land named Afghanistan where our own blood, our own American blood has been shed in order to protect the people and to put an end to evil. Lord, we, it is beyond our ability to fully comprehend what the solution would be but you are the God of mercy, of all mercy. And we, we cry out to you, Lord, on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Jesus. In that faraway land, we ask you to protect them, to preserve them, to defend them, to rescue them according to all that is in your heart, Lord, for them, for the church, for the ecclesia, the ones called out of darkness and into light, Lord, we ask you to do all that is in your heart to do in that land. And Lord, we, we pray for our own land. We, we pray for the rescue of the, of the disjointed, convoluted, godless influence that seems to just be so prevalent in much of our leadership at this point in time. We ask you, Lord, to rescue the United States of America from the grip of Satan's lives. We ask you, Lord, to extend your hand to heal our nation. We repent of the sins of our leaders. We repent of the sins personally where we have selfishly indulged our own purposes, our own pleasures, and turned away from you. And Lord, we ask that you would heal our land, 
just as you promised that you would if we as your people would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. We ask you to honor our humbling ourselves. And Lord, show us where and what we need to further repent for. And we ask you in the strong name of Jesus, please, to heal our land, to heal our land. Would you now open our hearts, Lord, to what you have preserved for us in the Scripture as to how, how we are to pray when all we have is Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. In the name that is above every name. Church, I, want, I don't want you to whisper this. I don't want you to speak this name just in a conversational tone. I want to ask you to speak this name with the conviction that rises up in your heart just at the mention of the name. I want you to say with me from your heart and with your spirit the name Jesus. On the count of three, on the count of three, let's do this all together in the name of Jesus. We're not ashamed of that name. We're not apologizing for that name. We recognize that that name represents the person who has all authority, who has the name that is above every other name. And he's been seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning according to all that is in his heart to do. One more time, let's say his name, Jesus. 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 Would you take your copy of your Bible? And would you open it, please, again to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Signs and Wonders Today, part 2, with this subheading. How to pray when all you have is Jesus. How to pray when all you have is Jesus. Now, I need to run quickly to a strong and clear culminating point. If all you have is Jesus, you are not in a bad place. You are not in an orphaned place. You are not in a place where there is limited supply. But there are times in our lives, and some of you may be in a spot like this today, like in a different setting, but similar to what may be going on, is going on with our brothers and sisters in Jesus in Afghanistan. The authority over you is not supportive, is not protective. A religious system that is around you, that has great influence in the country, in the nation where you would find yourself, perhaps like these in Acts chapter 4. The, the religious system is not sympathetic. Nowhere do you look is there protection, is there refreshment, are there resources that could come to your aid in a time of need. Peter and John in the early church were in a place for following Jesus that was not an easy place. That they, were, they ended up in a city that was not their hometown. That they were from Galilee, most of the twelve. And on the day of Pentecost, when, when the Spirit was poured out on the on the brand new church, the people had come to Jerusalem as tourists, religious tourists from, from distant parts of the known world at that time. Converts to Judaism or natural born Jews who lived in other places, but they came back for that, that festival of Pentecost. When the spirit of the Lord was poured out on them, there was so much good, so much joy, so much life in their new relationship with Jesus that evidently a whole bunch of them didn't go home. 
<laughs> they didn't go back to where they had came from. They were innocent strangers without a roof over their own heads. But there was so much of life in Jerusalem in the strange city, the far and the visiting city, that evidently many of them didn't immediately go home, may have never gone home. The 3,000 who came to know Jesus on the day of Pentecost were from all over the known world at that time. Peter and John and the original 11, Judas has now been replaced. He's gone and he's been replaced. So there are 12. And they were in a city, most of them, that was not their hometown. They, they probably didn't have a house that they could call their own. They were sharing lodging. Not only did they not have a roof over their heads that they could call their own, but they had very little, if any, money, financial resources. When we say all they had was Jesus, is not really an exaggeration. They, they had each other. But they didn't know from one day to the next when the same powers that came against Jesus perpetrated the plan to have him put to death would come against them. And in fact, the powers that be did, religiously and politically, turned on this infant church. And we find them in Acts chapter 4 praying Praying from the place that in a very real sense, they didn't have anything other than Jesus. That may be where you are this morning. I mean, we, we may have a house. We, we, you know, we may have many things in this country that, that the rest of the world is, is very envious of. But even in a place of having a pillow for your head and having some money in the bank account, that doesn't mean that necessarily in the places that are the most important to you, that there is not a lack, there is not a place of great absence and longing for protection, longing to be sustained. And when you look around, you could just say, in that part of my life, in that place, all I have is Jesus. Is anybody like that? All I have is Jesus. Now with that in mind, and within the context of are there signs and wonders today? I want us to look at how do you pray? How do you pray when all you have is Jesus? Acts chapter 4, and we've just come right into their prayer. Verse 29, Peter and John have been released. They went back to, they found their people. The praises went up, the worship went up, but now, now they come to ask two things. When all you have is Jesus, what are two allowed requests to make of God? And now, Lord, verse 29, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence while thou dost extend thy hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of thy holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Verse 33, and with great power, 
The apostles were giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. An abundant grace was upon them all. Verse 12 of chapter 5. Keep following with me if you would. Chapter 5, verse 12. And at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. Verse 14. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number. Now, I want you to notice the connection between folks getting saved, folks coming to know Jesus, evangelism happening. Look at the connection. That's verse 14. But look at what was happening in verse 15. To such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any one of them. And also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. There is a connection between masses of people coming to know Jesus. You you could isolate it back down to just one or two coming to know Jesus and the connection with physical signs and wonders and miracles of healing. Now, I realize that in order for us to get this, some of us are going to have to check our religion at the door because religion the, the meaning of the word is from a Latin word. It means to bind, to, to a structure which binds. A religious structure which can be a part of and is a part of American Christianity doesn't want anything that messes with the system, doesn't want something unpredictable does not want something that is uncontainable. Well, we've got to decide, folks, whether as American Christians, American evangelical Christians, we want religion or we want what is described in the book of Acts and in the Gospels, which is the freedom, the unexplainable power of the living Jesus, still alive, still working, And he still will use signs and wonders to reach people. Somebody you know, hardened to the things of God, closed off in their brain because they have concluded this this discussion of God, this theory of God is irrelevant to my life. You care about them. You love them. You want them to share in that part of your heart that has come to life because Jesus has come to live inside you. And yet it's like talking to sheetrock. It's it's as if your words are bouncing off of a rock brazen wall. The good news is nobody but God can break through the shield around that heart. But God knows how to do it. And in this situation, which is an example of how we as the church are to pray, Lord, fill me freshly with boldness, confidence in who you are and who I am to you and how this is all going to turn out. My confidence is in you, fresh boldness, But Lord, I'm asking you, just like they did in Acts chapter 4, I'm asking you to extend your hand supernaturally to heal. Whatever's broken. We got antibiotics. We got antidepressants. We got anti-lots of things. And we got pro-other things that can have a role in the physical healing. And so there can be the sense of, well, you know, God's not doing those kind of things anymore. Well, I would just have you consider 
that what if every good thing about an antibiotic, what about if every good thing through a surgeon's skilled hand is a gift of God to the human race? That it was something that he came up with and he gave to scientists who may not even know him the ability to do it. So that he's still healing through pills. He's still healing through surgical procedures. He's still healing ones who don't even know him. Ones who've never repented. The thing needs to be that when you and I take a Tylenol or a, or a penicillin pill works or something of medicine, have, instead of us just saying, oh, well, I, 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 that God didn't really heal me. I'm wanting to be healed independent of medicine. Well, where in the world did the medicine come from? Every good, James says, every good and every perfect gift comes down out from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow or variableness of change. The Lord still is healing the masses. He's still using various things that he brought into the human race in order to help. But there are other things. There are, others, there are settings and situations that the medicines of science can't fix. You're just because you're smothered with an antidepressant doesn't mean that when the antidepressant runs off, your heart isn't heavy. Whereas your heart isn't heavy. That spirit of heaviness, the Lord promises his heart is to give the mantle of praise in the place of the spirit of heaviness. Many examples of how far medicine can go and therapies can go and surgeries can go, but folks are still left struggling and still left hurting, still left in the place that only a sign and a wonder can meet and can take care of. What, how do you pray? How do you pray? When all you have is Jesus. Let me just say that again. How do you pray when all you have is Jesus? The first one we've mentioned before. The Lord isn't mad at you when you're in a hard place. The Lord is not angry, disappointed, disgusted with you because your humanity is tired. Or because there is, a, there is a sense of loss of what you had once known in the sense of the reality of Jesus. But because of what you've been through, what people have put you through, circumstances have put you through, darkness has put you through trying to challenge your faith stance and position. It doesn't mean that the Lord is angry. The Lord is disappointed. The Lord is frustrated with you. We find here in the example from this early church how they prayed. Not one time did they confess the sin, confess as sin their weariness. Or confess as sin that they needed to be filled again. They understood clearly, far more clearly than I'm afraid we do at times. The Lord meant it when he said... Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't believe me. You can't keep loving me. You can't forgive. You can't keep trusting unless I, by my spirit, impart that to you. That is why they're saying as they prayed, Lord, grant to thy bondservants boldness. Give us something. Now, boldness is an emotion. It, 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 is, it is something felt. It, it, it's confidence. It's assurance. It expresses boldness. It's an emotion. The Lord is not in up in heaven today. If you're at the place where you say, all I've got is Jesus, but I can sense that my faith is weakened and my confidence is weakened because it's been so long. Instead of you having to dread or feeling that I can't go to the Lord with this because he, he's given me so many blessings, he's given me so many verses to memorize, he's done so much in my life that I ought to be able to pick myself up out of this and I ought to be able to be better. It's a waste of time 
to fuss at ourselves as to why we don't have more faith when the Lord is saying all along, ask me and I will grant you freshly the ability to believe me. Are y'all hearing that? Instead of me trying to dredge it up from within, instead of me trying to go to another Christian and just become a parasite off of that Christian, give me some faith, give me some faith, give me some encouragement. They didn't do, they were together, they enjoyed each other's fellowship, but they went to the Lord. These people over them had the ability not only to throw them in jail, which would mean separate from their families. Peter evidently had a family, don't know where his wife and children were at this point, but they were arrested. They had no sympathy from the government, no support from the religious system. They were, they were helpless in a very real sense in the hands of these ones in authority over them. It would make sense that their hearts would be discouraged. It would make sense that they have been weakened by having to face down those men who were the same ones who had come against Jesus. But what they found in their hearts, the freedom to do, and I'm going to say this to you, my brother, my sister. There's example from this passage that is freedom for you to say, Lord, I'm low. Lord, I'm short, I'm short on boldness, on confidence, on assurance. What they're saying is, Lord, we need to be freshly assured of who you really are. That you are the one with all authority. You are the one with all power. These others seem to be physically present and we've been, we've been contested by them. So Lord, you know the toll that that's taking on us. We can't see you, we see them. We can't hear your audible voice, we hear them. And it's taken a toll on us. Lord, give to us, grant to us fresh assurance of who you are. Now folks, listen, that, that's real encouraging. And and if if all of that was going to come just by memorizing verses on assurance and and just by reading books and and stories of other believers that you could copy, if, 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 if it could come any other way than the Lord directly encouraging you by his spirit in your spirit, then the day of Pentecost was a waste. The day of Pentecost was for no use. The day of Pentecost was the day on which the exalted Lord Jesus Christ poured out his own spirit. Not his list of this is how you ought to live, but his enabling of us of how we should live and can live. By his power, I can do all things through the strength that the one is giving to me, that the Lord is giving to me. I'm strengthened to do. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when we're in a place of doubt, we're in a place of disarray, and it's because of unbelief. It's in a place where we're not pleasing to the Lord. Well, where's that going to come from? Where's the fresh faith going to come from? If I could put it in myself on my own, then, then that verse is, the verses about the Lord giving us the things that we can't provide for ourselves are, are wasted verses. But it's, it, the truth is, I can't on my own beef up my faith. It is the Lord by his spirit. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking him? I'm, I'm just saying that, that somewhere we're, we're missing a step. Somewhere it gets short-circuited. We, we know how we're supposed to. We read this, and, we, and they, they were filled with the Spirit, and they go back, and they, and, and they, they, they face life and the, the threatening circumstances with, with confidence and boldness. But somehow, instead of us staying at the place that they stayed, we go somewhere else. We go, well, I, let, me, let me reread my books. Let, let, let me reread my devotional material. Let me reread my journal. Let, 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 me, let me go and let somebody else tell me what the steps are. They didn't do any of that. They understood, Lord, apart from you, we can't do anything. But there's nothing we can't do when you give us the strength. So we're not going for a list of items and objectives to copy. We're coming to you for fresh energy. We're coming to you for fresh power. Amen. There's permission to ask that, Lord, would you grant me 
fresh assurance, fresh confidence. That results in fresh boldness. You're not going to be bold if there's, a, if there's a shortage of assurance in your heart. The reason they were bold is because they were freshly assured that Jesus is who he claimed to be. That he will do what he says he will do. And that he's absolutely in charge of the outcome. That was an emotion that needed to freshly work within them. And I'm saying to the church... And saying to my brothers and sisters, it is the Spirit of Jesus, personally, individually, freshly, who when you come to Him in this place of realizing we don't have a lot of other resources, I don't have a lot of other places, I have you, Jesus. All I have is Jesus. Then I have permission to ask Him to give to me freshly the energy in my heart, the emotions in my heart to enable me to do what he's calling me to do. And he says, he says that, that we may proclaim your word, speak your word with all boldness. Can I just say something back again to the church in America? They could have given the truth. They could have spoken the truth about Jesus. They could have gone through. He died for our sins. Isaiah 53, he was buried, raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures. They could have given the truth without boldness. They could have given the truth. But here they're praying, and it's so encouraging, folks. And Paul will say, Paul will write in Ephesians, you pray for me. You, you pray for me so that I will, I will preach the gospel, among other things he listed, but that I will preach the gospel with all boldness as I ought to speak it. There's something about the Lord wanting your heart to be lit with fire when you speak of him and you lift up his name and you call folks to believe in him and you pray in the name of Jesus for the things that only Jesus can do. They didn't want just the truth. They welcomed the truth. They lived in the truth. They received the truth. They knew the truth. But what they also knew was they needed more than just knowing the truth. They needed to be baptized freshly with his spirit and with fire. John said, here's how you'll know. One test that you'll know the Messiah I baptize you with water. Oh, but when he comes, he will baptize you with his spirit and with fire. You can't be close to fire and not feel it. I, there, there's a wake up here. There's a wake up. But, but our, our discouragement can be, well, I, I used to have that. I used to know that. Somewhere I lost along the way. Well, then where have you been looking for it? Have you been looking for a return to it by you trying harder, by you doing something more, doing something different? Or are we seeing in this, in this example the fresh encouragement? And the Lord answered their prayer. Lord, grant to us fresh boldness, fresh confidence, fresh assurance. And he did it. He did it. The place where they were gathered, it says, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit. Folks, if somewhere along the line you don't feel it, you're not going to do it. Can I say that again? If, 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 you, don't, if you don't feel it, if there's not fire in your heart, if, if there's not something working in your heart, you'll quit whatever the duty, the dry duty, the dry performance is. You'll go off with something else. They knew that about themselves. The Lord knows that about us. The way he keeps us one is by keeping us warm. And I don't mean... External temperature, because we've got plenty of that in South Texas right this minute. But I'm talking about the warmth in our hearts. Some have backed up, backed away. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Absolutely correct. True. 100 on the test. I can't maintain that. He never expected us to. That's why he will say, and Jesus would speak, if anybody is thirsty... Let him or her come to me and drink. And out of his or her inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's continually coming, present tense. You come, 
and you keep coming and you keep coming. And when, when you don't have anything but Jesus, don't ever stop drinking from Jesus. Don't ever quit coming to Jesus. He won't turn you back. He won't get tired of you. And this, it's the source where our renewed strength is to be found. Lord Grant, Lord Grant, Lord Grant. What are you going to do with that? As you hear that, where does that hit? I'm discouraged about, I don't, you know, I don't understand the Bible. I don't read the Bible. I don't, I don't want to do this. I haven't done that. I've done these other things. But and you, you go back to times when your heart was warm and, and there was energy for those things that now it seems as if there's no energy for. So beating yourself up about why aren't you doing that, trying to confess the sin. We can confess the sin forever, and it won't fix it because in the Lord's sight, he's saying, I'm just, I know that's about who you are. You, 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 you've turned away because you've gotten weary. But I know how to refresh you. Come back and ask me. Come back and ask me to fill you, to fill you. There's somebody out there listening to this and have just checked out on what has seemed to be a, a, some, some difficult standards in how to live the Christian life, how to, how, how to be a part even with Christian people. And, and it can just seem as if there's so many, so many hoops to jump through and so many impossible things to climb that, that it's as if you, you just, you know, you can't do it. And so you checked out. But what if some of those things that were hoops held up in front of you were never from God anyway? They were just man-made rules. And, and, and those need to be jettisoned. But I would say that what if it's all so wonderfully true that, that some of those things that you've just had to give up doing because you couldn't do it, in, instead of being upset about that, to be able to say, well, yeah, thank you, Lord, for showing me that. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that I can't do this without you. So if there's another whole way to love God, to walk with God, to do the thing that please you by means of me saying to you, Lord, I need your strength in those areas in order for me to do it. And you begin to do it and you begin to find that there's a, there's a kind of energy and there's a kind of flow of life working in you to where your want to, your want to gets reengaged. The want to, to want to be with God's people, want to read his words, spend time with him, want to live in a way that pleases him. It's not the Lord putting the pressure back on us. You do this. I know you can't do it on your own, but if you don't do it, you're in big trouble with me. How fair would a father be if that was how he was with his children? But here these children have understood my only hope is Jesus. My only hope, my only hope, my only hope to be able to get back up and face what I'm going to be needing to face is the fresh energy that you give me. All right, that's the first thing. And, and, but, but, but see, that, 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 that precedes what they ask for next. The next thing they ask is, Lord, while we do what we do, while we try to represent you boldly, while we try to stand in the place that you put us here, we're asking you to extend your hand to heal. While we speak, while we testify, while we try to live the part that we can live, here's what we're asking you to do, and it's your part. If anybody's going to believe a syllable that we say, you're going to have to confirm it. If we're not going to just be written off as a bunch of crazies, off on some tangent, you're going to need to extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders are going to need to take place through you. Folks, this is where the American church somewhere needs to check our religion at the door. And either we're going to believe that this is a part of the way God evangelizes people and nations and cities, or we're not. It isn't about the Lord showing up to show out. Is that the stupidest, most godless thing you ever heard somebody say from a pulpit? Just show up, Jesus, so you can show out. He, he, he doesn't need us to give him an attaboy. From time infinite, 
in the past, there was nobody praising him. There was nothing worshiping him. But still he was completely satisfied with his own existence until such time came. And when it happened, only God knows. He wanted there to be people who would love him back, who would praise him. He wanted there to be a created order of the universe, and then it was fashion. But in order for us to think that God just has to do a miracle to, to brag on himself, or that these signs and wonders are just about making Christian people wealthy. Forget it. These signs and wonders and the extending of his hand to heal were the sole, for the sole purpose of reaching the hearts of folks who needed to know that there is a God and he cares about me and I'm loved by him. We can stand up all day long and say God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And that's a truth and we can boldly state it. But until the Lord does something, somehow, some way, under the observation, with the notice of an individual, struggling with, is there really a God? I can't see him. I see this other stuff, but I can't see him. I can't audibly hear him. How will I ever know? That's at the heart of this prayer. Lord, folks who want to know you, folks who need more evidence in their hearts for it to be proven to them that you are real and that you love them. Do it. Do it. How, how did they come up with, these, with that prayer to pray? Well, where, where did that come from? Folks, it was the other side of the coin. It was both sides of the same coin. Jesus taught, but Jesus healed. It, it, again and again it would say, he, he, would, he, would, he would teach the people. But then he'd stay up all night long making people well. And then when the time came for the, for the apostles to be commissioned in, in, to more of their sharing of the work, he gives them the authority to, in his name, heal all manner of sickness, all manner of disease, cast out all demons. And the result of that was people who saw the power of God, their hearts were opened and they would respond to Jesus. Folks, somewhere we got to let that in. You need to let that in as you pray for those you care about. Instead of it just being all cranial. And it's important. We need to give the proper information regarding the gospel. But the Lord has to prove it. Prove that he's real. Well, you just need to believe. You just need to believe. And the honest response to that can be, I would if I could. But I don't have enough evidence. I'll do it just to get you to shut up. And how many times have we had people trotting down the aisle making decisions just to get us off of their back? Here they understood that it's a part of the way God does it. It's one of the ways that he uses. Signs and wonders. Sign to Simon Peter, his boat, fish in his lake, so many fish by the power of Jesus that nearly sunk the boat. The five loaves and the two fish. And all the people watching. And Jesus, for however many hours it was, kept breaking. They could see it. It was a wonder. They could see it. Broke it. Broke it. Broke it. All of them fed. All of them. Are, are you folks hearing this? 
There is an elephant in the room in the American church. Somehow we think it's all about our imparting of information. Well, just blab it out there. Just tell it out there. Just tell them. Well, yes. But what if the Lord is saying to us, times are so desperate. America is so lost. The darkness is so dense that unless there are supernatural expressions of his hand extended to heal broken hearts, broken lives, confused, bound, and unless signs and wonders begin to take place that will draw people back to the one who established this nation to be a light on a hill for the world, unless that happens and we lose our mooring further than we already have. What would become of us and what would become of this nation for our children and for our grandchildren? I want to encourage you. Don't leave this out as we pray. Lord, there are ones who have not yet received you because they don't have enough evidence, evidently. Saul, mean as a snake, bad as a junkyard dog in a sense. He thought there was nothing wrong with herding up entire families and having them separated, the adults thrown in prison, and he was heartily in support of the stoning of Stephen. And he was filled up with religion. You could poke him and a Bible verse would come out in four different directions. Until the Lord Jesus himself signed and wondered Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. When we pray for folks, they may be people in authority, they may be family members, they may be hard as a two by four in their hearts. They are no match for the personal presence of the Jesus who died on the cross to save them. He said, I'll leave the 99. And I'll go for the one, and I'll stay on the hunt until I find them and bring them back. Aren't you glad that that's the truth? How many of us would stand and say, I'm that one. I'm that sheep. I'm that one. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't give up on me. And I'm telling you, somewhere along the way in the process of him drawing you unto himself, there was a sign or two. There was a wonder or two. There was a warming that came to be in your heart where he was extending his hand, whereas before you would curse his name. You couldn't stand anything about being around God's people. You, 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 you loved being the jokester until somehow, some way, something on the inside of your chest began to change. And it wasn't Baptist, and it wasn't Catholic, and it wasn't the Pope, and it wasn't the President of the Baptist Convention. There was a sense that it's Jesus. This is Jesus. The one that I cursed, the one that I didn't know was real, he makes himself real. Folks, when God puts somebody on your heart, and he draws you with a burden to pray for them, understand that he's doing that in your heart so that you will agree with him about whatever it's going to take to reach that one, to win that one. So here's how they prayed again. Grant us boldness. Grant us fresh boldness. Freshly reassure our hearts, Lord, of who you are, of who we are to you, of the ultimate outcome of all of this. Then, Lord, as we are freshly assured, we will speak your word. We will stand for your word. We will stand for you. And as we do that, I'm asking you to extend your hand to heal. You know there's no place that Jesus can't get his hand. There's no place Jesus can't put his hand. Nobody too rich, nobody too poor, nobody too sick, nobody too powerful, nobody too nothing. Asking you, Lord, 
to extend your hand to heal. And whatever signs and wonders you know are necessary for them to be able to be convinced that you are real and that you love them, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You see, folks, the most important thing about us living our lives well and living our lives fully is not how much we accumulate materially or even how many well-speaking friends we may have. That's not a bond slave. A a, a bond slave is one who has lost his or her identity in the will of the one they are a servant to. The Lord can choose to bless. The Lord can choose to prosper. The Lord can choose to grant favor on many levels. Yes, he does. But, But these that were about to get freshly filled, some of them didn't have two nickels to rub together. They didn't have a closet full of clothes. They didn't have a yard. But they knew Jesus. And they didn't feel deprived and they didn't feel left out because there was a sense of greater power working inside them than they had ever known and a greater sense of pleasure. You see, I I believe one of the reasons that when Peter would say, "We, we can't stop speaking what we've seen and heard is because they were describing the greatest joy to their hearts they'd ever known. We've never known the love of God like this. We've never known that he would use us in his plan. We've never known the assurance of his presence in our hearts. We're not giving up that joy. It wasn't some rigid, heavy, hard, self-flagellating thing. The boldness was a function of assurance and the assurance was a function of joy to their hearts. America needs that, needs to see that in our lives. Here's how we're going to close today. As I've been up here hollering at you, I hadn't meant to sound hollering, but I, I, I did. You know what they said, Peter and Paul, you don't speak any more names. I'm trying to say, tell, tell, tell a preacher to not be excited about what he believes is true and he believes will help. I, if I holler, I just holler. I'm not mad at you. But as you've heard this this morning, I believe that there may be some of you and a face is rising up. A person is rising up. You care about them. They're a tough case. Or maybe, maybe there's a part of you that's a tough case. Lord, I'd like to believe again. I'd, li- I'd like to do, but, but, you, but you, you, you know where I am. You may be the one that you would put in your own hands in a moment as we pray. But it may also be someone else. It may be a child. It may be a spouse, it may be someone you grew up with, somebody you work with. What I want to encourage you to do is to take literally these instructions. We're going to ask the Lord for these. And we may be the one in the hand, individually, but to ask the Lord, will you extend your hand to heal what's broken in that heart. We're asking you, Lord, too, for signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. It, it, it may not be. It may not be healing from an infection. It may not be some of the things that were, are mentioned in the gospel. But there's still many, many other, other places where, where people are broken. And where if God did something for them, They would have to know it wasn't an accident. It wasn't luck. There's more to this. It's a supernatural sign. And that's what the word means. It is a sign that points to Jesus. It's a wonder that is an expression of his hands at work. I just don't think we as the church have taken seriously 
how to pray. And that the Lord may be waiting for us to ask Him for signs and wonders to confirm who He is and to win hearts and to heal broken lives. Those of you at home, wherever you may be, I want to ask you to just, that person, that person who needs to be convinced, who needs to have more proof so that faith can rise, would you, wherever you are, if you want to stand with us, you certainly can, or just where you're seated, but I, I, I want to ask you to, with that name on your heart, let's take a step, let, let, let's do something to register that on this day we began to pray for signs and wonders for extending of the Lord's hand to heal in that life. And here's how you're going to know when something's going on is when they call you, text you, email you out of the blue and say, you're not going to believe what happened to me. You're not going to believe what happened to me. Peter, you're not going to believe what happened in my boat. A little boy going home to his mama or grandmom, you're not going to believe what happened to those fish, mama. A sign and a wonder that Peter never got over. The Lord knows how to win the ones he's already paid the price for. So let, let's, can I ask you just, let's all stand together, those of you here in the Alamo City room and Come, come this way. If, you, if you've got somebody, somebody on your heart, there, there's, a, there's a person. There's a person. There's a person. And we're going to go on record on this 22nd day of August 2021. I'm saying, Lord, this one right here. Would you extend your hand to heal the broken places in Lord, would you grant a sign or signs and wonders to win that one? I'll tell you something else we forget, folks. We forget hell. When Jesus would speak of being saved, it is is being saved from the pillaging of Satan and sin in this life. But it's true. Everybody who is ever born lives somewhere forever. They're still alive. In heaven, in the presence of the Lord, or in that place called hell, which is the absence of everything God and everything good. So before it's too late, and the decision has to be made in this life, we ask the Lord to win them. Lord, here we stand this morning with our hearts open to you, praying that in the name of Jesus, you will freshly fill us, Lord, with the assurance of who we are to you, who you are, truly. And then, Lord, with these on our hearts, we ask you, please, extend your hand to heal them. We don't have to be there. It doesn't mean that everything that's been done wrong is suddenly going to be made completely right. We, we leave all of that with you as you have forgiven us. We seek to forgive them. But Lord, we're asking you to extend your hand to heal their broken heart. The part that's not working right. The thinking that is not true, that is not accurate, that is not right. Whatever it would be, Extend your hand to heal. And then, Lord, we are asking you with our hearts quickened, our hearts stirred to believe. We're asking you for signs and wonders to confirm to them, to confirm to them how real you are, your love, 
your mercy and that they would be drawn to you, that the sign and the wonder would be used to draw them to you. In the name that is above every other name, the name Jesus, the name Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Could I just offer this one other thing as we close? If you're needing your heart refreshed with fresh encouragement, with fresh confirmation, don't be afraid to ask the Lord for signs, for wonders, for that, that would refresh and restore your heart and your confidence, your faith in Him. He knows that we have feet of clay, and it's only by the power of His Spirit that He keeps us strong with energy and our direction set properly. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Signs and wonders today. Yes. Amen. For the purpose of convincing folks that he's real and he loves them. Amen. God bless you for being with us today. Thank you for all the support in so many different ways that you send this direction. Your prayers as well as your financial help. God bless you. God bless you.